I've seen Christian men going the right direction. They get involved with the wrong woman or series of women, and it pulls them away from God. I've seen it time and time and time again. I've seen it happen over the years. This is absolutely good advice. Tonight, we are going to finish things up appropriately in chapter 31 of Proverbs, the last book of Proverbs. We've been wrapping things up for three Wednesday nights now. And so this is part three of our wrap-up. And after tonight, it's wrapped up, folks. All right, let's have a word of prayer. And then we will, we will get right into our study, all right? Bow your head and close your eyes with me, would you please? Our Heavenly Father, now once again, we humble ourselves asking for your leading and guidance. We ask, Father, that you would please encourage us and increase our faith. For us to study your word and not have our faith increased, it's a waste of time. Lord, what we don't want to become is just more clever devils. We want to be wise so that we can live for you and serve you, do more than we ever thought possible. Father, I pray that you would use the weakest saint in our church to do some of the greatest work for you and let them do it through faith. And now speak with us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope that you have the notes. Um, there's a link there. And you can download the notes and print them if you have a printer. And if you don't have a printer, that's fine. You can just write them out, pen and paper. You can do that, no problem at all. But let's begin by saying Proverbs 31 is a prophecy. Look at verse 1. The words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. See that? And the word prophecy means a message, a message. If you go back to chapter 30... And look at verse 1. The words of Egur, the son of Jakey, even the prophecy. See that? So the idea is a message delivered. That's the idea here of the prophecy. And so on your note page, on the very top line, Proverbs 31 is a prophecy. And then in the parentheses, the word is message. Given by a mother. Given by a mother. Notice this in verse 1. The prophecy that his mother taught him and so we say fittingly a woman gets in the last word huh little dry humor there all right we're going to go through these verses together and we'll start here in verse one it says the words of king lemuel now the the name lemuel means belonging to god belonging to god now who is this lemuel we look all through scripture. We can find various references to King David, King Solomon, King Rehoboam, all of the different kings. But we can't find the Lemuel. We can't find the Lemuel. Um, very, very often, I think with very few exceptions, uh, the Hebrews of old, and actually many uh, contemporary as well, have more than one name. In fact, you don't have to be Hebrew to have more than one name. Uh, many people all over the world, they have their name, then they have a nickname or a pet name or kind of a slang name that they go by. Um, I have a, used to have an aunt, 
and she was instrumental in me coming to know the Lord Jesus as my Savior. Her name was Miriam, but they all called her Ivy. I have uh, uh, had another aunt, and you know, I uh, forget what her, uh, her given name was, but they called her Pearl. And so uh, it's very common for, for people to have more than one name. So this name Lemuel, which means belonging to God, very possibly is a reference to Solomon. It's a reference to Solomon. And then it says the prophecy that his mother taught him. What was Solomon's mother's name? Do you remember? It begins with the letter B. Bathsheba. Right, you knew it. I knew you knew it. Bathsheba. Bathsheba goes in the blank. All right, now let's look at verses 2 to 7. And here, uh, his mother cautions uh, Solomon against living for women and wine. She cautions him, uh, both of which Solomon did. I guess he didn't listen to her very well. Verse 2, What my son, and what the son of my womb, and what the son of my vows, give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. Now she's, she's not talking about nice women. She's talking about loose women, gold diggers, uh, not, not nice women. Verse number four, it is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine nor for princes strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. She says, give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish. And by the way, people who drink strong drink seem to end up perishing. Alcohol is still on, on, on the, the top uh, list of killers, uh, alcohol and alcohol-related deaths. Um, and wine unto those that be of heavy hearts. Let them drink and forget his uh, poverty and remember his mi mi misery no more. And so she cautions him against these, these two, let's call them vices, shall we? Uh, one is uh, the, the wrong type of women and the other is wine. You know something? Alexander the Great, he was the young man in his 30s who conquered the then known world. And some people love him, some people hate him, some people revere him, some people could care less. Everyone's got their opinion. It's like noses. Everyone's got one. And Alexander the Great really did amazing things in his day. Right or wrong, they were great, um, monumental. But he died young. He died young. And the people who study his life carefully, they all seem to say that he died of too much Wine, women, and song. He partied himself to death. There may have been other things about Alexander the Great that we don't know of that contributed to his death. We don't know, and it doesn't matter. But um, I think the historical records are clear that he was a bit of a party animal. And people who tend to be party animals, they grow old quickly. They get lots of wrinkles and they go gray and everything. And... Uh, they'll die young and that sort of thing. Not every single one, obviously not, but I think enough so we could say a rule of thumb. You want to die young, be a party animal and get involved with the wrong kind of people and give yourself over to booze. And so she's cautioning her son here. Now, verses 8 and 9, she encourages him to be a righteous king, 
a righteous king. That's the word that goes in your blank. Let's look at verse 8 and 9. She tells him, Open thy mouth for the dumb in the cause of all such as are appointed to destruction. Open thy mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. And so she's really being a great mom to her son, the king. And she's giving him good advice. And as we noted a little earlier in verses 2 to 7, too bad Solomon didn't pay more attention. Because as you know, Solomon got heavily involved with the wrong kind of women and they turned his heart away from God. And I've seen this happen in Christian lives. I've seen Christian men going the right direction. They get involved with the wrong woman or series of women and it pulls them away from God. I've seen it time and time and time again. I've seen it happen over the years. This is absolutely good advice. Absolutely good. And the only one who wins, you know, with the wine and the women thing is the devil. He's the only one that seems to win because all the players lose. Even the women, they, they lose. Uh, the men, they lose. The Lord sure doesn't seem to win. It's just the devil seems to win anyhow. And now we want to get on verse 10 to the rest of the chapter. And this is sort of what Proverbs 31 is known for, is this section from 10 to 31, verses 10 to 31, and it deals with the virtuous woman. And so uh, 10 to 31 explains the virtuous woman, V-I-R-T-U-O-U-S, virtuous woman, who, by the way, is similar to the wise woman in chapter what? you remember? We studied it. Is it too long ago? The wise woman, remember? She had built her house, hewn out her seven pillars. What chapter? Chapter number nine, right. That's what goes in your blank. Chapter nine, the wise woman. Now, from verse 10 to 31, there are 22. Each of the 22 verses begins with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Now, you might, might look at verse 10 and say, well, I don't see any Hebrew alphabet there. Well, you're, you're right. In English, you won't. But in Hebrew, the Hebrew Bible, you will. And this is very similar to what we learned, uh, I think, a couple years ago now when we studied Psalm 119. Psalm 119. It has 22 sections of eight verses each and each section begins with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet and so verse 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 each word in Psalm 119 verses 1 to 8 the very first word of each verse begins with the Aleph the Hebrew letter Aleph and then the next uh, number of um, uh, eight, eight verses from uh, 9 to uh, 16, uh, in Hebrew, each verse begins with a word that begins with the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which is bait. So you get these uh, sections. There's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, so there's 22 sections of eight verses each. And you have that same principle here from verse 10 to verse 31. There's 22 
uh, verses, and each one begins with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Aleph, Beit, Gimel, Dalet, He, Vav, Zion, and so on, right through to the end. All right. Now, let's uh, look at verse 10, and we're looking at the virtuous woman. Well, this word virtuous says here, who can find a virtuous woman? What does that word virtuous, what does it mean, virtue? On your page there, virtuous, it's underlined with a little equals mark, and it means excellence, excellence, to excel. You have something here, and you have something that excels, and it's way up here. So we're talking about excellence. In other words, excellent qualities. This lady's qualities have excelled the qualities found in other women. She is the virtuous woman. She's the one who comes out on top. Uh, oftentimes in high school and colleges, Bible colleges too, it's the ladies who seem to score some of the highest marks. And they seem to leave the guys in the dust. They seem to come out with all of the, uh, the highest marks and seem to win the awards. Now, it doesn't always happen that way, but you watch. And it's often that way that you'll get some, some ladies that are excellent in their scholastic studies. And they're always pulling off 100 out of 100, 100 out of 100, 100 out of 100. Oh, 99 out of 100. Oh, the shame. And next one, 100 out of 100. Ah, there we go. You see, and that's where they're at. They live up, up in this upper echelon. Well, here, this virtuous woman lives in this upper echelon of qualities. Qualities that a man is looking for. And so, um, it says here, who can find a virtuous woman? Where is she? Who can find her? Well, to be fair, I'd like you to write in here. You see the word, the letter CP? That's my secret code. It means compare. That's whenever I write CP, it means compare. And that means we need to go and compare a verse, compare scripture with scripture. And I want you to write in 20 verse 6. So 20 and then a colon, dot over a dot, and then a 6. That's chapter 20 verse 6. So let's go back there now. Chapter 20. And verse number 6. And it says, Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness. So he'll boast and he'll be proud. But a faithful man who can find. They're out there, but they're not that easy to find. A man who is humble and faithful. He's there. But who can find him? Well, I happen to know who can find him. The Lord can find him. And who can find the virtuous woman? The Lord can find the virtuous woman. And what you really want, I think, is to get the, the, the virtuous man together with the virtuous woman. I think that they, they would hit it off well together. They would be evenly matched, don't you think? And so, back to our notes here. It says in verse 10, For her price is far above rubies. Her price is far above rubies. If you're going to value this woman... Her cost, her, her, if you had to pay for her. God says here, her, her value is far above rubies. Well, why, someone says, well, why doesn't it say diamonds? 
Aren't diamonds a girl's best friend? I thought diamonds, you know, are supposed to be the most expensive. Apparently not. Apparently, when you do some research on uh, gemnology and you talk to gemnologists, that's a fancy-sounding word, isn't it? A gemnologist. These are people who study precious stones and gems. They'll tell, tell you that rubies are rarer than diamonds, which puts their value up. And rubies are uh, often far more expensive than diamonds of equal carat weight, size, and so on. Rubies are, are more costly than diamonds. So isn't that interesting how the Bible is so accurate? Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. So rubies are a, a red, precious gemstone, more valuable than diamonds. More valuable than diamonds. All right, now let's learn about this virtuous woman. And um, I just want to say this, that as we go through these verses, uh, you can't help it but try to make comparisons. You know, some of the ladies are going to say, oh, I got that one, got that one. Ooh, I don't have that one. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm working on this one. Some men might say, oh, my wife has this one. She doesn't have that one. But, you know, that's kind of a silly, nonsensical thing to do. What we have here is we are being given a, a vision, an image, if you will, of just about the perfect woman. And here she is, the virtuous woman. Remember that this, this lady, she excels above the rest. And she scores, you know, 100 out of 100 all the time. She lives way up here in this upper echelon. That's what we're being given. And I think that's why it says it's kind of hard to find her. All right, let's look at her here for our remaining time together. Verse number 11. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. In other words, she is everything he needs and wants. Everything that he needs and wants, he finds in her. He has no need of spoil. You say, well, what does that mean, spoil? Spoil means things taken by overpowering. Taken by overpowering. And it it has the idea of like after a battle, the spoils of war. The soldiers would just go in and just grab whatever they want. They didn't, they didn't pay for it. It didn't belong to them, but it's the spoils of war. They grab it and they, uh, they, they take it home. And so he's got no need of that. He doesn't need to go out and look for another woman. He doesn't, he doesn't look at other, other women's qualities and say, Ooh, I just wish, I wish, I wish I had one of those or one of these or one of them over there. He doesn't. Because this virtuous woman is everything that he wants and needs. That's interesting, isn't it? All right, let's move on. Uh, Verse number 12. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Now that cannot be said about all women. The word good means to build up. To build up. Evil means to tear down. Tear down. And there's a lot of women out there, I think, that are tearing down their husbands, 
tearing down their children, tearing down their homes. They're not virtuous women. When we talk about the virtuous woman, we're talking about the woman who gets a out of uh, uh, hundred out of hundred, a a plus on all of her her exams up here. Uh, number thirteen. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly, underline that word, willingly with her hands. So she worketh willingly, in other words, not grudgingly, not grudgingly. Oh, all right, if that's what you want, I'll do it. She's not like that. She has a willing heart. She's wanting to please her husband. Now, I have my secret code here, CP, compare... 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Chapter 9, verse 7. And I'll just quote it for you. But that's where God says that we are to give not uh, 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 by constraint, but willingly. God loves a cheerful giver. So there can't be any grudging there. Oh, it's offering time. Oh, all right. Here you go, God. Get off my back. Well, God doesn't want your money. He wants when you and I will give to him out of a loving heart because we want to please him. And so we have a a comparison going here. Verse number 14 is interesting. She is like the merchant's ships. She bringeth her food from afar. And so uh, perhaps, just taking a guess here, but perhaps the virtuous woman here uh, brings her husband lunch while he is at work. Or maybe he's out working in the field and here she comes from afar with a tray of food. So that's possible. Verse number 15. She riseth also while it is yet night. That means before the sun is up, I guess. And giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. Verse 15 on your notes. She is not lazy. The virtuous woman is not lazy. Already, can you begin to see that we're talking about a, a lady that's not that easy to find? Verse 16. She considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands, she planteth a vineyard. She shows good thought, good thought, and business sense. So she's very clever. She's very smart. Verse 17. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. Of course, the the loins, kind of like the midsection, and her arms. By the way, uh, it's amazing how much we need our loins and our arms in order to get around and to do things. If you had no strength in your loins, you'd have a very hard time standing up after you sat down on a chair or you're reclining on a couch or something and try and get up on your feet. Whoa. You know, or to walk even if you had no strength in your loins. And so, verse 17, she stays physically fit. She cares for herself, stays physically fit. Verse 18, she perceiveth that her merchandise is good. You see, she's smart. Her candle goeth not out by night. And so she's willing to work into the night. She's willing to work into the night. Verse 19. She layeth her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. That's uh, 
a sort of a spinning machine where they take the wool and they turn it into yarn. Of course, they shear the sheep and then the wool is washed and all that and then it's combed. A lot of work involved. And then they take it and they start to put it on this spinning kind of a wheel and that's what sort of spins it into yarn that they can use to make uh, clothing or um, uh, rugs or things like that. And so what we're, what we're learning here in verse number 19 is she is talented at home. She's talented. Verse 20, she stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. So there's the poor and needy there. In your notes, she is compassionate to the less fortunate. The less fortunate. And we have another CP. Compare verse 9. Verse 9 says, Open thy mouth and judge righteously and please plead the cause of the poor and needy. So here, Solomon's mother is telling him to do the same thing. Be compassionate on the poor and needy. And by the way, we need to show compassion too. And that's why I'm so glad we've started our latest ministry, our mission of love. We have our first missionary who has sent in their request. And so this is a little slow in the start, but it is starting. It is happening, folks. I'm excited about that. All right, verse 21. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. And so in your notes, she makes sure that her household is well looked after. She's going to make sure everyone's properly clothed and outfitted and warm and safe and dry and all of that. Verse 22, she maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. And in your notes, she dresses herself pretty. I think that most husbands would want to see their wives dress pretty. Verse number 23, her husband is known in the gates. Now in the gates of the city, that's where all of the commerce was done. Not all of the commerce, but a lot of the commerce and the politics was done in the gates of the city. And so her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. And so I suggest here that her qualities, she is such a virtuous woman, her qualities give her husband a good reputation among other men. When a man has a virtuous wife, he is so proud of her, word spreads and other men seem to find out. He's very proud of her. Verse 24, she maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. The girdles were the waistbands worn by both men and women. They all wore these waistbands. And here in verse 24, she was making them. So here she's using her talents, her talents from verse 19. She layeth her hands to the spindle, her hands hold the distaff. She's using her talents to help make money for the home. So that's pretty good. Boy, she's really profitable. Uh, Verse 25, strength and honor are her clothing and she shall rejoice in time to come. So her strength and her upright reputation are evident to others. Her upright reputation. This is where the honor comes in. Verse 26, she openeth her mouth with wisdom and in her tongue is the law of kindness. 
And so in your notes, right, she speaks wisdom. That means she's godly. This is not the world's wisdom we're talking, remember. This is the wisdom that cometh from above. And so she's godly and kind, the kindness. She speaks wisdom and kindness. That means she's loving. Now, if you would kindly write in, you know, where it says CP chapter 1, verse 8. Chapter 1, verse 8. We're going to compare this 31, verse 20, uh, 26 with chapter 1 and verse 8. Proverbs 1, 8. My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. The law of thy mother. And we just read in verse 26, chapter 31. She openeth her mouth with wisdom and in her tongue is the law of kindness. See how we can compare scripture with scripture. This is the virtuous woman. Verse 27. She looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. So this is a re-emphasis on verse number 15. Verse 15 which says, she riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household, a portion to her maidens. She is not lazy. The virtuous woman is not a loaf, a loafer. She's not lazy. So she must be an expert with her time. You know, a lot of people have trouble planning out their day, but the virtuous woman it seems to almost come naturally for her, or maybe she learned it the hard way, I don't know, but she's an expert with her time. Verse number 28, her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. And so because of all this, her family praises and honors her. You know, that's why I think it's a good thing to have Mother's Day. And I think that the spirit of Mother's Day ought to be carried a little further than just one day out of 365. I think that both children and husbands ought to get in the habit of praising mom. I think that that's important. All right. Uh, verse number 29. Many daughters have done virtuously. All right. But thou excellest them all. Here she is again. She's the top of her class. So verse 29, she is more excellent than other women. Even other women that have several of these virtues. This one here, she seems to have them all. No wonder she's hard to find. Hmm? No wonder she's hard to find. Verse number 30, favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. And so this woman fears the Lord. That means she is saved and she is living her life for God. And if she's saved and living her life for God, she probably has daily devotions. If she's saved and living her life for God, she probably has daily devotions and she probably attends church online during COVID. You get the idea? Maybe she even helps to hand out gospel tracts on Saturday mornings. It doesn't say that here. But I'm just wondering, you know, hmm, I wonder if the virtuous woman were around here on Saturdays, if she would come and give us a hand. Because she does kind of 
have a compassionate heart for the poor and needy, and I'm sure for the lost. All right, that's enough of my speculation. Verse number 31. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. It is therefore a husband's duty to reward such a virtuous wife. You see that? Husband, if your wife has some or all of these virtues, what are you doing about it? What are you doing about it? Are you giving her honor on a regular basis? Are you encouraging her? And son and daughter, hmm? if you see virtue in your mom, what are you doing about it? Are you taking it for granted? That's a mistake. You need to honor mom. You need to do that. And I really hope that you will honor mom on May 9th and bring her around the church here so that we can honor her too. All right, we need to finish off here. The Proverbs start with Solomon. Let's look at it. Chapter 1, verse 1. The Proverbs start with Solomon. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon. There it is right there. The Proverbs start with Solomon and end with his wife. End with his wife. Chapter 31, verse 31 Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. And we call this a fitting end, E-N-D, a fitting end for Solomon. Well, it's my prayer that your study of the book of Proverbs, yea, your pursuit of wisdom will not stop here, but that this will be a launching pad and that many of you will grow in leaps and bounds in wisdom, at work, at school, your life for the Lord, wisdom as you study the scriptures, wisdom as you get on your face and pray, and that it would show in an increase in faith to live for the Lord Jesus and believe God for great things and to help and get involved with God's greatest business, and that's to win lost people to Jesus Christ. And I hope you do this because you will have the greatest rewards in heaven. Pray with me now. Our wonderful, loving, gracious Heavenly Father, how we thank you for this great book of Proverbs. And even though Solomon, the author, he kind of fell into some pretty nasty sin, before any of that happened, you did use him to write this amazing book. And we do thank you for wisdom. And we do confess to you our need of it. And please, we pray, Heavenly Father, be near and dear to us these days of COVID and all the craziness happening in the world. Every time we turn on the news, it's always bad news. We talk to people at work, at school, in the neighborhood, and usually the conversation turns to something bad. Help us to let our light shine. Lord, help us to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Give us wisdom we need these days and help us to live for you and love you in jesus name amen thank you for watching the message today we invite you to join us again every sunday and wednesday for more inspiring messages from god's word